Hey there, thank you for listening and I am so grateful that you are listening into She's Dressed for the Narrow Gate. I I don't know, this week was kind of in, an interesting week. I hope that your week was, was great and, and restful and productive all at the same time that you had a great week. I really honestly did have a great week. It was just, you know how you come off of a trip and you're just trying to get readjusted, reacclimated to, oh, like I really have to do stuff now. <laughs> I've got to work. I've got to, kids got homework, right? Um, I've got to go grocery shopping. I've got to cook, but had such a restful week, y'all. It was, it was so necessary. So, um, so wonderful. I'm just so grateful and so thankful for the opportunity, um, that, um, we had as a family to just fellowship and rest and swim and sleep. Ah, so that was awesome. Um, so that was pretty much my week, but it, it was good. And I'm, I'm in this new habit, this new intentional wording, um, verbiage for myself, um, that I get to. So each day listing things that I get to and being even more intentional to have this heart of gratitude. So even in the inconvenience of my laundry or going to Sprouts or making lunches that I get to do that. So it's really, it's, it's actually been, um, kind of a form of worship for me. So whereas it kind of felt forced now it's like, Oh, um, I get to list the things I get to do. So it's, um, it's becoming more of a habit and I, and I have to just kind of reframe my thinking. So, so just jumping back, um, into this podcast discussion for today, I am really, have you ever met somebody who, or even if you haven't met them, you've read about them or heard about them, whatever, and they have some type of quality, some type of character trait that's like, huh, I really wish I had that (laughs) because I don't, or I admire this about this person, right? So when I think of the fruits of the spirit, my ability to just have peace and patience and joy. (laughs) I can really probably list all of them as issues, but those are probably my three weakest. And we're going to talk about the life of Hannah. And when I think of Hannah with what scripture gives us, she has those three and, and, and it's not joy in her circumstances or peace in what's going on, but it's just what scripture infers and, and it's, and, and I admire this about her. So we're going to talk about, um, this combined with, I am committing to memory Psalm 91. Why? because it's just a good habit to commit scripture to memory. Um, number one, um, I know actually I had a, I even had an, abil- an ability. It was great. Um, the other day at work, um, a coworker was, um, in this incident and, and it, and immediately I thought of just even the first verse, I was like, thank you, Lord. Um, just being intentional about finding application 
I guess, to what I am memorizing, what I'm storing in, whether that's for myself or to be able to, if, um, you know, the Holy Spirit aligns it to say that to somebody else and offline, um, there was other coworkers and I, and I made a couple of comments and then just to her, um, I do know she's already a believer, but I, I did just have a quick conversation with the Holy Spirit. Okay, God, what do you want me to tell her? Um, she's really troubled. And that first verse of, of ninety Psalm 91 came to me. Um, and it was just such a blessing. I was so grateful for the opportunity. I was like, thank you, God. So it's just a good habit anyways. And then secondly, um, again, it just gives us, when you think of how uh, Ephesians outlines the armor of God that we have to put on, we're, we're in war where there is a battle going on behind our, what we can actually see here. Like right now, there's actually a battle going on behind the scenes and it is a spiritual battle. So we have to put on our armor and actually my kids know this armor and we say it every single morning, no matter where we're going, we're going to put on our armor. And they, you know, kind of look at us crazy, like, okay, but one day they'll understand. So one of our armor is, um, the word of God. So it's our sword. So storing this word of God is imperative because the Bible tells us to do that. So anyway, Psalm 91, um, I'm committing it to memory and I am only, I only have the first verse, but Hey, we got to start somewhere, right? I mean, I'm doing my best, but um, I want to talk. I want to read actually the first three verses, and I'm actually reading this time in um, the ESV translation, but I'm going to pull words from some other translations just because it's just a, another great visual to understand it. Um, so starting in verse one, he who dwells in the shelter of the most high will abide in the shadow of the almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God, in whom I trust. For he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. You know, just even starting off at the very beginning, the first verse, first couple words, he who, well, the NIV says, whoever. And I, and I, and I love that because it's like, hey, you get to choose. I'm not going to force this on you. I want you to come to me. I want you to be with me, but you get to choose. You have free will. I love you this much that I'm not going to force you to love me back. So whoever dwells or sits with or is, is just connected to who's at my feet, who's postured, Filling out however other, you know, synonyms that you can, but whoever dwells in the shelter. So what we're talking about today is, is this life of Hannah knowing her secret place. So do you know your secret place? Because King James Version says, instead of shelter, it says secret place. And when I read that, that just, it just, it just stuck out to me. Brittany, where is your secret place? And not just physically in the house, like my closet, but where is your hiding place in me? You know, I'm, I'm wrapping you, I'm covering you. So emotionally, spiritually, 
Do you have a secret hiding place to go dwell or sit with or be postured with the Lord? It's imperative because as I just said, remember, we're at war. And every time you go out your house, every time you pick up a phone call, every time there's a situation up against you, a conversation with a coworker, your husband, your kids, whatever, there could be a battle that is met or a challenge. So he who dwells in the shelter of the most high will, I love this guarantee, God will I mean, there's not too many things I feel, especially now that are guarantees. You know, I thought about how some products will say satisfaction guaranteed. And it's like, okay, but really? And then there's probably some fine print and fine print to that fine print. But this is like a real guarantee. This is like a real promise that we can trust in. So because we're sitting with God, because we're dwelling with him, as we just read, we get to rest in him. So it ESV says abide, NIV says rest. So are you abiding? I, I go back to what um, I talked about in another episode on John 15, this concept of we're this branch. That's all we are. We're just branches. We have purpose. We're growing fruit for the glory of the kingdom, for the glory of God. But at the end of the day, we're still a branch connected to a vine. So we're completely and fully dependent on that vine giving the sap so that then we can create the fruit. And I don't know about you or your life, but I don't know how many times I have tried to go create fruit and go be successful or go my own way. And even if I'm good for, you know, powering downhill for a while it just really starts to slow down and it just can start to become tiring and it's just like you have to always put in effort and effort and effort and it just gets exhausting but if we're abiding then there's really no exhaustion because you're really just operating as an extension or a vessel through the strength, the powerhouse is powering your ability to do something. So it's really not from me. It's really not from you. It is, it is really because of God's grace. Who's allowing you to do whatever. So going back to this concept of dwelling, because we dwell then there's rest or then there's abiding. And, you know, I know for my kids, we talk about consequences that come after our choices. And sometimes they're good ones, right? So yes, you drank water today or you didn't eat a whole thing of Skittles and then go to bed. Because, you know, and no, instead you brushed your teeth and you flossed and you used mouthwash. And you drank water in place of juice and right. So it's not always just you're speeding and you, you're going to get a ticket. There's, there's good things that can come from our choices too. And that should be encouraging because it's like, oh, if you do, if I'm going to do this, 
because and and it's not necessarily like okay god i'm gonna do this so then you must you know show up because hey you said you were gonna do this no i'm gonna just rest rest means like i'm asleep means that there is like a cessation of activity i'm not sitting here waiting looking at my clock waiting for you to turn this ship around i'm just trusting in you which is my next point for the second verse that just trust is on the table you know god is my safety net he's my fortress it talked about it's in whom i trust do you trust god and and i want you to really stop and and think about this answer because i think there would be a lot more no's than 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 the quick yes that you may say cuz mine was actually it was like yeah i trust god but then as things would come to my mind I was like you know I really don't I guess I trust him more when things are going well I guess I trust him more when it seems like what I'm doing is is then connecting to something but how do you trust him in the middle of a situation how do you trust him when there's no end in sight how do you trust him when there there has to be I had this conversation um a few weeks ago um you know, I've been in ICU for so long um, and, and there's still days I just cry. And, and this one patient, um, very faithful woman, uh, a believer. And as she said so eloquently, I'll use her words, I have faith to die. Y'all, here's me. First off, I'm in all of this, this gamut, right? All my PPE stuff, because she was COVID. And, um, you know, my million different masks and it's like your glasses, your goggles are fogging up and you're hot, you're sweating. And now I'm crying bald, man, like what she said here, I'm coming in here to, to care for her and encourage her. And I left there far more encouraged by this simple statement. I have faith to die. So do you trust God? even when there's no end in sight. And and then as the third verse said, just um, to, to wrap that up about these snares, these, these deadly pestilence that are, so I think of hidden traps. Whenever I, whenever I read that a, a snare, I think of like crocodile Dundee or <laughs> survivor or something jungly, right? Where it's like, you know, this big leaf and there's like a snake underneath that's going to, bite me um or you know deadly pestilence i think about how just it's gonna completely ruin all of the harvest all of the crops it's gonna kill everything so just see it's analogy the connection to these things that are are taking us out little by little or these hurdles that we're up against and the promise is that for he will deliver you from that so he's gonna save you from that and the saving may not look like what you want it to. Nonetheless, his promise is still the same that he is going to save you. And that means so much. So much that you've got to you've got to realize that I'm really up against myself and what I believe. So what do you believe about God? And what do I really believe about myself? And in my position as compared to him. 
So operating in the fruits of the spirit, um, the three that I, I named, which are, are my weakest, um, joy, peace, and patience, you know, in the middle of the storm, it's, it's really hard to find peace or, or up against a very difficult situation or person or relationship, whatever. It's really hard to have patience and, and nonetheless, and no after no door close after door close. It's really tough when it feels like there's no joy in sight. So when I think of Hannah, you know, a little bit about Hannah, just kind of backdrop with her. She is the wife of Elkanah and, and her story is found in first Samuel very beginning because she's the mother to Samuel. Um, so she is, um, this she's barren. She's this barren. So she's an infertile woman. And y'all, I think about, um, infertility is, it was not my cross to bear. It wasn't, um, a journey that I had to walk. So I can't say with empathy. However, I, I know of two friends of mine that, that are, and, um, I have so much sympathy and it's something about when you can just cry with somebody and, and just allow somebody to vent and not have a scripture verse for them at that very time. If, if God is just calling you to sit with them and to hear them. Um, and I think of how scripture outlines in first Samuel that she's, she's not only barren, so she's not only infertile, infertile, but Elkanah had another wife, Peninnah, and she had a lot of kids, y'all. It doesn't, I, I don't know how many, but it says, it says many, <laughs> it says many sons and daughters. So clearly more than one. And so it's like complete contrast to Hannah. So I think about as a woman, man, how much bitterness and envy she must have had and just kind of a comparison to wow she's got my grass is greener right so she's got everything I want because if all I had was a kid or 10 kids like her or whatever then I would be better this is the only missing link when we look at other people's lives you have to be very careful that you're not just finding your missing link in what they have because everybody has something missing everybody has a gap and God is that gap filler having what they have is not the gap filler God is your gap filler right um which is why you have to be very careful with social media because you see people's highlight reels and it's like oh if only I was them but with Hannah she didn't, scripture doesn't tell us that she sat here and went toe to toe with this lady because not only did she have to sit here and look at her and her many kids year after year, after year, after year, after year and deal with, with, with this, this lifestyle of what she wants in somebody else. Not only, not only are we up against that, but versus, um, five through six say that I'm sorry verses uh six through seven five through six is where the Lord it says that the Lord closed her womb so her barrenness is because God did that 
he he was able to he decided that this was what was going to be Hannah's lot Hannah's cross and in verses six through seven she was harassed and provoked year after year because of Peninnah I don't know if she made fun of her but ladies come on you know we know how to cut you know we know how to cut with our words we can cut with our eyes we can listen I don't care if this was a few like thousands of years ago I'm pretty sure the wheel was not reinvented in 2000s I'm pretty sure there was still the same words or the same body language that just belittled and condemned so here you got this other lady Penina who's like making a fool of Hannah and see this is where I I admire her patience and her peace because myself would not have been sitting there listening to that so I'm just saying I mean I am by God's grace prayerfully (laughs) but I just think to myself I would not have then went to my closet to go pray with the Lord. So that's not, you don't see her going toe to toe with Penina. She's just storing in this bitterness, in this distress and praying and worshiping God. And every year they have to go to Shiloh. They, they leave their home, their city as a family. So Hannah, the husband Elkanah and Penina and her whole little tribe of kids. And they all go to Shiloh to worship and to make annual sacrifices, Um, which just sidebar, we have so much grace, y'all, in just the fact that our sacrifice, our worship is in Jesus. You know, there's no place that we have to go to year by year to make annual sacrifices. (laughs) Jesus covered that. So the grace that we have Oh, it's just amazing. But so Eli um, is the priest um, in Shiloh. So he's there with his sons who are crazy. That's a whole other conversation. Um, But in verse nine, it was interesting because I really infer that part of the reason that Peninnah gives Hannah such a hard time is probably because she's jealous, y'all. So, you know, Elkanah, gives her a portion for her kids um like sacrifice portion for her and her and and his kids through her but to Hannah scripture says in verse five he gives her a double portion because she's without child because she's barren because she's infertile however you want to say it and I'm like okay again we women we see everything right my eyes see everything I watch body language She sees that. So she's sitting here at this table watching Hannah get double portions. So how can she cut her? Oh, okay. So, yep, I have the kids, but you have more of his love and affection. So I'm going to cut her more. So that's just kind of my little sidebar because verse 9 had said that, um, you know, they they eat and they drink in Shiloh um, and then... I'm just imagining Penina looking over at Hannah's double portion. Um, and, and I'm thinking to myself, okay, so she sees that. So she wants to definitely make sure to make Hannah feel even more unloved. And Hannah's just so distressed. She's so just burdened down by her gap. And what does she do? She doesn't 
she doesn't then take that into herself and then separate herself from God or go line up a whole team of people that can make her feel great or, you know, do that. She goes to the Lord and she finds her secret in her hiding place with God. So where I want to read is in um, first Samuel. Um, so first Samuel starting in verse 12. So this is what I'm reading, but before there she's, you know, praying and she's, and she's just really distressed in, in, in how, much discouragement she has. Um, but when she's praying, she's not making words. She's just praying in her heart, but her mouth is moving. So the, um, picking up in verse 12, it says, as she continued praying before the Lord, Eli observed her mouth. Hannah was speaking to speaking in her heart. Only her lips moved and her voice was not heard. Therefore, Eli took her to be a drunken woman. And Eli said to her, how long will you go on being drunk? Put your wine away from you. But Hannah answered, No, my Lord, I am a woman troubled in spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but I have been pouring out my soul before the Lord. Do not regard your servant as a worthless woman, for all along I have been speaking out of my great anxiety and vexation. Then Eli answered, Go in peace. And that God of Israel grant your petition that you have made to him. And she said, let your servant find favor in your eyes. Then the woman, this is where I want to really drive into. Then the woman went, went her way and ate and her face was no longer sad. That just really um, struck out to me because when I think of different times where I've been burdened, to that point of just anxiety and an extreme um, sadness and, and crying. And you know how you just are burdened. It's almost just like something is sitting on your chest and, it, and it's taking over your mind. There is not, you know, even if your mind leaves to think about something else, it comes right back to that thought, right back to that problem or right back to that person. And just being in that moment. And I, and I thought about it's almost like immediately she snapped out of this state of anxiety and sadness and she went away. Not only did she go away in peace, but she ate. So, okay. I mean, I don't know if you're the type of person that when you're burdened and stressed, if you eat a lot or if you don't eat at all, but you're one or the other, right? In this case, she wasn't eating before scripture says earlier. So she was just so burdened down. That's why she left. So she left and went to worship and, and to pray. Um, and then that's when Eli saw her praying, but she left there and ate. She had peace. She ate. So clearly you're feeling better now. You, you're choosing a different action than how you came in. And I'm thinking to myself, and then her face wasn't sad. And of course me, my question is, how much time frame was that? Like, was that like an hour? Because my friends and I, you know, we, we laugh about it, but it's, it's, it's true. You know, we'll talk about something, pray about something, cry about stuff. And it's like, okay, based on the circumstance, you got 30 minutes, you got a day, you got a few days. I think the most somebody has given me is maybe a week. And it's not to say 
hey, just like stuff it under this rug and never deal with it. But it's like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna pick it up and and put on our big girl panties and we're going to we're gonna stare at this. We're gonna look at this and we're gonna trust the Lord in this. And um I'm thinking to myself, I'm pretty sure she was not there for no week. Maybe not there for even hours. How did she just completely do that? How did she just completely like snap and boom, she is like, all right, where's my next, where's my burger? You know, where's my fries, my Chick-fil-A and I'm happy. Really? Y'all, she's so tough. I tell you what, I'm like, that is admiring. And then that's when the Lord just, as I'm memorizing this scripture, it stood out to me that, oh, very first verse, if I dwell in you, right, then there's rest, then there's peace because I'm, because I'm, I'm under your wing now. And it, it just stu- it just stood out for me, and I was so grateful that God helped me with that connection. So, so I mean, it's just this is this was Hannah. She was so burdened down, and she went to dwell with the Lord. She went to pray, and to just pour out everything to Him and all of her stress and all of her burdens and her and and she made a vow that Lord, if you even get if you give me this son, this child. I will, I will give him to you. And, and even with saying that it wasn't like a slot machine, you know, rea- um, reaction thing that sometimes I know we do with, with God where it's like, okay, God, if I do this and you got to do this, she was just saying, God, if, if you choose to give me a child, they will, he or she will be yours. There's not, there's no, there was no demand with it. And let's be clear. She had absolutely zero ability to trust that this priest knew what he was saying as he told her, you know, uh, you know, you'll be fine. Uh, go and pretty much fix your face. Go in peace. The God of Israel will grant your petition. How does she still know that, though? Right. So here's my 21 questions. Cause you don't just like walk away from that pregnant. <laughs> so yet she had peace. And and then even and then even then, it's not like they had pregnancy tests back then. So later, some later verses says that then Elkanah knew her. So obviously he slept with her and then she got pregnant. But let's think about back then. They didn't even know that right away. So I'm talking about this was months before she even knew, even if it was a couple months. And yet I just see her skipping along, still in peace, trusting God, verse two in, in Psalm 91, trusting God because trust is on the table. So it's not knowing that the result is going to be this child or in your circumstances, not knowing the billboard of, okay, this is what the step 10, the step 10 will look like for your life. She didn't know that. Yet she still had peace. She didn't know what was going to happen. Yet she still patiently waited. And her face still had joy. And that is so encouraging for me because me who wants the right now, the way I want, how I want it, 
that's not what is is on the table. What's before you is you have got to get alone with God and you have to sit with him. And when I'm saying you have to, it is your choice. Because remember, he, whoever, he, who, or she, who, or whoever. But if you're looking for this life of peace, if you're looking for this life of joy, if you're looking for the ability to have patience in your circumstance, in the deepest of it, in the middle of the middle, then our key that will unlock those fruits of the spirit that will help you coast is going to be found in you sitting with God of your dwell time with God and then you can abide and then you can rest in him ladies I really pray that that encourages you and I pray that you have a great week ahead